You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, post-game wrap time. Michael Swain here in Norman, Oklahoma, after KU football's 52-42 loss to Oklahoma. A lot to talk about. Um, uh, somewhat of an interesting game with uh, with a lot going on, but right now we've finished up our post game press conference with Lance Leipold. We've got some of our immediate reaction stuff up on the website. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but it's hard to start anywhere but KU football's defense. In recent weeks, it seemed like KU's defense might be trending in the right direction. You look at early in the season, some of the issues they had against West Virginia and Houston, and then they come back home and have some good performances. You look at Duke, right, holding them under under 30 points. You look at Iowa State, holding them to just 11 points. And then the first half against TCU, but really the last six quarters of football, key football's defense has not been great. And I think there's some common themes that are starting to emerge here with, def- with the opposing teams being able to attack KU's defense. And I think it starts with the pace of play. Lance Leipold said it probably best after the game that Oklahoma came out aggressive on the front foot and that really put KU behind the eight ball and where KU felt like Oklahoma was going downhill attacking and they really didn't have much to stop it and I think a part of that is due to the pace of play of Oklahoma going into the game you knew they were going to play fast they play fast uh, under Brent Venables and the new offensive coordinator Jeff Levy but they played at a, a different pace today than they usually do if you want to look at the yard or the plays per minute you know, Oklahoma averages about 2.75 plays per minute. Today they average 3.3. You're looking at it being a huge increase for this offense. And as a result, KU was put on the back foot. They couldn't sub. And for so long this season, we've seen KU really rely on substitutions where anytime an opposing team or an opposing offense substitutes a new player onto the field, KU takes that time to bring four defensive linemen off, bring on four new defensive linemen, or take a linebacker off and bring a new guy on. And what that does, it it slows down the pace and it forces the offense to stand there and watch those guys run off the field and run on the field. And instead of snapping the ball with 28 seconds left on the play clock, they have to do with about 12 or under. And so today, Oklahoma just didn't sub. I'd be fascinated to see what their numbers are because it felt like they probably played 13 guys on offense all game. That's how little they subbed. And as a result, KU just couldn't get fresh bodies on the field. And as a result, I think as the game went on, it became harder and harder for KU to get those stops because A, the guys weren't fresh. B, there were some mistakes that I think would cause some hesitancy, right? You miss a tackle, all of a sudden you got to think about that. And I think things like that kind of started to compound for the defense where over the course of the game, there really weren't great drives where KU was able to get stops, where I think you could look at a game like the TCU game, where in the first half and even throughout the game, KU had moments where you felt like, okay, KU's defense is in this, or KU's defense has the momentum right now. I really didn't feel like KU's defense had much of the momentum 
here on Saturday. And you look at the turnovers that KU was able to force, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Kenny Logan for his interception. That, that was a big play, but it came at a point in the game where you felt like he almost had to find the end zone, you know, for Kansas to have a quick score and be able to get the ball back on defense and build off of that momentum. You look at the two fumbles, right? You're able to score off of one of them and you're not able to do it on the other. And that leads me into maybe my next point here of margins. And something I've written about on the website a little bit, but I think you're looking at this KU team over the first really five weeks of the season. And if you want to include the TCU game as well, they've had a, a very specific formula for how they're going to win the game. On offense, it's starting off and getting really good yardage on first and second down. So when you do face a third down, it's a third and three or a third and four. And in turn, that gives the offensive coordinator, Andy Kodernicki, more plays to work with. You know, you can run the ball and hey, if it's a fourth and short, you maybe you go for it on fourth down. But when it's a third and seven, third and eight, that really limits what you can do because chances are you're gonna be backed up and you're not really gonna face those situations as much in opponent territory because you're gonna have the momentum if you've made it that far in your drive. And what you saw today was, KU went three and out four times. Three of those three and outs, they had third and longs. And that was something where KU wasn't able to get consistently those third and shorts. KU was able to convert on those third and shorts. I think there were maybe three of four. I need to check my numbers on that um, on the game today. But that's one area where KU really shrunk the margins of these games. And then you look big picture. They took advantage of the ball going into half, right? There are multiple times this season where KU's either scored going into half and coming out had a chance, right? You can look at the TCU game. You get a field goal there at the end of the half, and then you come out and score a touchdown to open the second half to take that 17 to 10 lead at that time, right? Those are big momentum plays within a game, and that's how you win a game within the margins. Well, you look here today, on the goal line, KU gets a goal line stop. All of a sudden, you go into half, KU's down 14 points not bad right considering the flow of the game and the way it felt at some points in the first half you go down 14 then you come out in the second half and the thought process is okay if KU scores a touchdown makes it a one score game it's game on you just need one stop and all of a sudden you're looking at potentially tying the game because even if KU's offense was inconsistent there were still moments where I think you had confidence that they'd be able to drive the ball and score but coming out of half that's when Jason Bean threw an interception. And, and those are the plays where for KU to win a game like this in Norman against this Oklahoma team, those are the moments that they have to win. And I think those are the moments that they weren't able to do so on Saturday. So big picture, I think you look at the offensive performance under Jason Bean, inconsistent, I think is probably the right word. I think there were good drives in there. I think Jason Bean had an okay performance. I thought in general, you look at maybe that the approach that KU took Devin Neal got off to a really good start in the game. And then it seemed like in the second quarter, they went away from him a little bit. Um, and then the second half, they went back to him early and he, I think he had some good runs. I think that was an interesting decision made by um, the coaches in terms of the rhythm and who they're going with. Uh, I just think overall, maybe KU showed a lot of trust in Jason Bean and they threw a lot on first down at times throughout the game. And those are the moments where you wonder, you don't wanna be one dimensional, where you are always running the ball on first down, but sometimes it felt like maybe got away from the running game when this Oklahoma defense has been awful against the run, as we've covered. Heading into this game, right, they're allowing six yards per carry um, over their last three games combined, right? That's how bad KU's run defense was last season. That's how bad Oklahoma's run defense was entering this game, right? And I mean, if you want to look at the overall rushing yards, right, you know, KU rushes for 165 yards, 
35 carries. You look at the total number of yards, you're like, okay, you know, you can work with that. It's not bad, but it felt like maybe they could have lent on that a little bit more over the course of the game. So what does this mean for KU now? Well, five and two, the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit. I wrote about that in the post-game observations. You know, Kobe Bryant leaves with the, the ankle injury there. Uh, kind of a scary scene whenever you see the medical cart come out, especially after what happened to Daniel Highshaw Jr. a few weeks ago. Um, you know, Lance Apple didn't have much of a comment on it post-game, just said that they'll have to see what happens. Uh, Kobe Bryant goes down. Lonnie Phelps heading into the game. Lance Leipold said that he was told that Lonnie wasn't going to be able to go, that he just wasn't going to be able to play, and he, he toughed it out, was able to get out there for some snaps, but he's been banged up and, and really hasn't been 100% in a few weeks now. You're looking at Kenny Logan, played this game with a, a pretty big brace on his uh, elbow. You look at linebacker Tyon Berryhill, left the game a couple times, appeared to be banged up. You're looking at these injuries, I think, starting to pile up for KU in addition to the guys like Jalen Daniels, Daniel Hyshaw, who have already suffered injuries this season. That bye week, KU's going to need it to rest, recover, and get ready for the final sprint. The issue is you have to go and play Baylor next week, and that Baylor team is incredibly physical. It's going to be a tough contest for Kansas, um, and this is a team now that is just looking to get one more win, and I'm still of the opinion that I think it will come at some point. I don't know when. I think after the bye week will be the time because they'll get, be able to get some some rest, recuperate a little bit, maybe get some of those nicks and bruises healed up as much as you can in season. And then you look at it, it's really a sprint to the finish, right? Oklahoma State at home. You know, you then go on the road to play Texas Tech, back home for Texas, and then you wrap up the season with that game at Kansas State. And I think the last thing any KU fan wants is going into that Kansas State game on a six-game losing streak. So overall, this is a team that is still operating in very fine margins. And this is what I wrote about post-game. Within a game, there are a lot of moments that are gonna define it. Early in the season, KU won a lot of those moments. You think about West Virginia, the pick six from Kobe Bryant to win the game. At Houston, you think about the interception from Kenny Logan that really flipped that game on its head. You think about Duke, some of the defensive stops that they were able to make in that game. KU's had winning plays this season. I think that's what was so impressive about them early in the year. It was those winning plays that really helped contribute to them get off to that really good start. The last two weeks, it seems like really you can even say this last six quarters because of the first half of that TCU game. The last six quarters, there haven't been as many of those and they've been just a step off and that's fine. But for right now, for KU, with the talent and with the challenges that they just face as a program as a whole, you still have to operate within that really fine margin and it's gonna be very fine going next week against that Baylor team that has been up and down this season, but coming off a loss to West Virginia, they're going to have extra prep time, right? They played on Thursday. Um, that's going to be a really tough game. So got plenty of coverage up on the website. As always, stay tuned to fog.net for all sorts of key basketball, key football, and recruiting coverage. We'll have a regular podcast for you on Sunday with Kevin Flaherty. And with that, we'll talk to you all on Sunday afternoon. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.